opting out of this edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Not really, because I'm not very vital to the show. I'm caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of the show, Adam Beasley. Please do not opt out. Will there be guaranteed money waiting for me in 2021? That's the question. That's a good question. Uh, depends on what your name is. If your name is Albert Wilson, uh, what's the answer? A uh, million and a half, I think, is already in the bank from a signing bonus, so that's good. I'm telling you, man, uh, it's interesting times. So let's let let me just uh, be totally transparent with our listeners, right? Mm-hmm. So Monday morning, I wake up really nice and early, Adam Beasley time almost, <laughs> and I get and I get to thinking about you know what the situation is in the AFC East, and I'm looking at the opt outs for the Jets and you know their trade of Jamal Adams and losing C.J. Mosley, and I see the opt out for the New England Patriots who lead the NFL in opt outs not to mention the fact that Tom Brady's in Tampa. And I look at the Buffalo Bills, they lose John Feliciano, and they've got Star Latulele. You like that? Yeah, well uh, done. Well done. Opting out. And I'm thinking the Dolphins are sitting here with no opt-outs, no injuries, all is well. Let's write a happy column. <laughs> what happened after that? <laughs> The, the 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 world crashing about me. So uh, Alan Hearns opts out on what was it Tuesday? Correct. Uh, Albert Wilson opts out hours ago, and I look like a foof. <laughs> I will say this: a you never look like a foof, but b uh, Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns obviously. Losing them isn't great for the Dolphins. Their depth at receiver uh, is uh, very little now. But if you were going to ask a Vegas odds maker, what's the difference in uh, potential or expected Dolphins wins with Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns and without Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, they would say there would be zero change. Maybe maybe a quarter of a win. Not to say they're not important. Not to say that uh, we're diminishing their uh, contributions to the Dolphins. But let's take a second and diminish their contributions to the Dolphins because, by and large, wide receivers, unless you're a number one A wide receiver, they're pretty replaceable. And how do we know this? Because the Dolphins last year <laughs> replaced about 20 of them, and the guy named Isaiah Ford the last two three weeks of the season looked like a star. Uh, I think receivers are more system and quarterback driven than the other way around. So although you don't want to lose good players, and both of those guys are pretty good players, um, I still think the Dolphins are in pretty good shape. Uh, Especially when you consider that they're not just going to stand pat. They obviously are going to, A, look around, uh, shake the trees for acorns, as Jeff Ireland used to say, and they always have you know, the younger guys on the roster that they can give more reps to and so forth. Right. Yeah, no, I think a, a couple of names to watch uh, internally to start uh, with with both them gone. And, and let's be honest, the Dolphins lost the, probably their top two slot receivers in the last two days. And we can talk about what it's going to look like when it's mid-October, early November, uh, and you have guys, players still getting sick, and you have players hurt which is what happens every football season regardless. They haven't even had a practice yet, and they've lost two of their top five receivers. So there will be more attrition along the way, no doubt about that. But the Dolphins do have some some options internally. 
Um, Jakeem Grant, who got four million, is getting four million dollars this year, is going to have to play and is going to have to play at a high level. He is going to get far more opportunities now than he would have done 48 hours ago. There's no question about that. Uh, Malcolm Perry is a name that's fascinating. Uh, the, the Navy kid, first service academy player ever drafted by the Dolphins, was a quarterback at Navy, but also played some running back and receiver. The Dolphins list, list him as a running back now, but uh, our colleague Barry Jackson has heard that they're going to also give him a look at slot receiver, which makes sense. So there are some options. There's some possibilities. And if you're going to lose a couple of guys, it's better to do it before the first actual practice the team has than it is midway through the season and you're making it up as you go along. One other possibility, Armando, your friend in mind, Mike Kosicki. And I know he might not be a particularly good inline tight end who's going to knock a defensive end on his butt, but he was pretty good in the slot last time, last year. Uh, a number from a, a story that we just posted, he was in the slot two-thirds of his snaps last year, as opposed to 23% of the time he was just a traditional tight end. So you're going to see him flex out there as well. Look at you finally admitting that Mike Gusecki is not a tight end. We had this debate last year, <laughs> and you're like, no, he's a good tight end. He's a good he tight end. Oh, come on. He's a tight end who doesn't play tight end. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my point. <laughs> that was my point. He doesn't play tight end, but that's fine. We're good. Uh, we finally, you're on the record now. Uh as far as I'm concerned, that's a that's a win. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm walking away with this thing. So here's my question. What about outside options? Because you mentioned slot. Why not Jermaine Curse? Why not uh, Chris 7-Eleven always open Hogan? That, those are guys that make sense to me. Yeah, Taylor Austin's a name out there as well. Jarius Wright, Taylor Great Gabriel, Paul Richardson. Uh, there are options externally. Uh, but, I mean, I think they want to see what they've got first, perhaps. You know, they're going to make phone calls, I'm sure. They're going to you know, gauge the waters. And if one of these guys wants to come in on a minimum with very little guaranteed money, there's no reason for them not to sign them. But these, these players probably have that offer at 10, 15 other teams around the league at this point. I think, I think the Dolphins, like everyone else, wants to see what they've got, who they have inside their own building. Um, and I don't know if they feel, again, this is – not just cast aspersions on, on, on the two players that opted out, but it's not like if they lost Devontae Parker, they lost Preston Williams, there would probably be a much higher level of concern than losing your number, I don't know, three and four receivers, maybe four and five receivers, three and five. I don't know how you want to count it. They're all in there, that mix with Jakeem. Um, what it does, though, it sets them up for if they have any injuries in that room, which, of course, they will because it's football, uh, then they could really be in trouble. Well, here's the the thing about checking to see what they've got. They can't see what they've got until August 17th. Mm-hmm. They can't they they won't have a padded practice until then. And so basically what they'll see or be looking at is flag football. Uh, and as you know, some players, especially some receivers, they look like world beaters at flag football and then pads go on and you know, somebody lines up in front of them who wants to knock them into next week, and things change a little bit. So you're going to really wait for two weeks before you make a decision? Well, I mean, I agree with that. That's, 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 that's fair. <laughs> I will say this is also the same team that signed 20 new players the week before the regular season last year or something crazy like that. So they might also think, hey, there were dozens of receivers drafted 
there, there are dozens of receivers that were drafted last year. There's not enough room for all those guys on a roster. Maybe somebody's sixth receiver right now is better than our fifth, and we'll poach somebody that way as well. So they still have a pretty good uh, uh, waiver number, right? Because well, they, they picked fifth in the draft for the first few weeks of the season. Sure. Your waiver number is what it was last year, what you finished. So they'll, they'll have a shot at a bunch of uh, receivers to get cut. So they'll, they'll have some options for sure. So let's talk about something real quick that before we go to break, I'm going to give you this uh, thought, and then when we come back, you can expound and give us your Beasley knowledge on it. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. So uh, with the 6 or the 1530 SAT score or whatever. <laughs> no, you, you, why, why are you always lowballing me? I'm always, hey, come on, 1600. You scored a 1600? Oh, uh, if you ask my mom, I did. Okay, all right. <laughs> Could she pay for the tutoring? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this whole idea of opting out, Beasley. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I would tell you that the NFLPA did an amazing job getting this on the table and getting it approved. Because, quite frankly, uh, I don't know of any other jobs where people can opt out and still get an advance on their salary. I, I, I mean, this is, this is not real life. This is not the earth. And I want to get your thoughts on it when we come back on the other side. Adam Beasley. The NFLPA kicked the NFL's butt <laughs> in uh, getting opt-out clauses for this year. Your thoughts? Yes, I agree, uh, particularly in a sport like uh, the NFL that has very little guaranteed money to begin with, aside from the top 5-10% of the players. Uh, it was a big concession, uh, and I think there are two different ways to look at it. If, if you have one of those $350,000 pre-existing conditions, I 1,000% get it. You're not going to put your own personal health at risk uh, for a job unless you absolutely have to, and they don't, and it's good that the NFL put that clause in there. But I would agree with you in this regard, Armando. It is a little strange to see people who are opting out because maybe one of their kids could get sick. Again, this is going to sound heartless, but you're right. Any other profession in the world if, if you're healthy, if you're if you don't have any of those pre-existing conditions, you're expected to work. And yes, there there's certainly some families that are put in tough spots. And I wouldn't want to ha- I wouldn't want to be living with my grandfather right now uh, if he was sick and I had to go to work. I totally get that. 
But it, it, it is there, – there will be a section of the country for sure who looks at that and kind of scratches their head. Wait a minute. You're telling me you're healthy. You're telling me that you're deferring and you're going to get this money guaranteed next year. Um, if I had a job that allowed me to do that, sure, I would do it. But 99% of the country doesn't have one of those jobs. I totally get your point. 99.9% of the country doesn't have one of those jobs. I mean, if you're if you're a nurse, okay, and you're making I don't know what nurses make what sixty seventy thousand dollars a year, and you have a baby at home and an elderly dad at home or mom at home, and you tell the hospital where during the pandemic they are they are slammed. You tell them, nah, I'm not showing up, and you're gonna pay me a portion of my salary. Uh, make it happen. Not only, that, not only, that, 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 not only pay not me a, por- a portion of my salary. It's like a sabbatical. Your job is guaranteed upon return. I mean, that's that's the that's the real. I mean, there, there, there are plenty of people in this country for, you know, who have had hardships and who have to take, had to take time off or get away from environments because it puts themselves or others at, at risk. And that's, that's very hard. It's the NFL players are very fortunate to have that job and that contract waiting for them to return. There's no doubt about it. The NFLPA, uh, you can criticize a lot of what they've done in the past. They deserve credit for what they've earned or they've gotten for their players because it's it is a luxury that the vast majority of Americans don't have. I agree. NFL players don't live in the r- real world. They just don't. They think mm-hmm. that they do, but they do not. They may come from the real world, but once they're on an NFL team, they're no longer in the real world. Oh, the safeguards and the backstops and all the safety nets that they have compared to oh I don't know you know postal delivery guy or a, a, you know trash management or something anything like that you're absolutely right it's, it, it, it doesn't have a real basis in reality but again they have a set of skills that our society has given a great value to because they're able to earn that money it's obviously how capitalism works and they're in a place to negotiate those kind of benefits that the rest of us aren't and sure might there be some some people that, that resent that around the country, absolutely. But I don't think that's going to change Albert Wilson's mind. He's going to he's going to sit out because he thinks it's best for his family. And then there's this. I would say to you, I'm not sure that players are going to be safer away from the NFL environment than they are in the NFL environment. I'm not sure that. I mean, I don't know that. Anybody of these guys that opted out, that they have, you know, uh, those lights that you wrote about in their homes, (laughs) in their houses, or they get disinfected every day, or they've got hand sanitizers all over the place, or people reminding them to wear masks and and distance from each other. I mean, I would say to you, an NFL uh, facility right now is a pretty safe place to be, no? Yes, and I think the safest thing, because the the NFL was dead set about going to a bubble model where there's a one centralized location where everybody lives, plays, practices, performs. They they, they didn't want that, and logistically it would have been very, very difficult to pull off. But, there, I mean, there are teams like the Buccaneers, I believe, that are going to a quasi-bubble type of deal, and it's voluntary. People don't have to do it if they don't want to. They can't be forced to. But if you want to stay at the team hotel and have all of your meals handled safely and not come in contact with uh, girlfriends or, or wives or kids or parents or friends, 
Um, you can do that. And my guess is teams that follow that model will have a much higher likelihood of starting and finishing their season without an outbreak uh, than those that do not. Because you're absolutely right, the home environment or, let's be honest, what happened to the Marlins was the road environment. And there's questions as to how reckless they were, but they certainly, even in the words of Derek Jeter, didn't abide by the rules. And they, they didn't wear a mask in a certain place, and they went to get coffee and all that. And, 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 and their season got blown up because of it. So, yes, you're absolutely right. The more control teams have and the more they can monitor their players, the healthier they'll be. There's no question about that. Star of the show, Adam Beasley. Um, I don't know if you're aware or not, but caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, has recently authored a book called <laughs> 100 Things Dolphins Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. And as part of this book situation – I've been put on a marketing um, kind of cycle, and everywhere I go and do an interview, I recently did one with Channel 7, WSBN, locally in South Florida. Um, Everyone asks, is the NFL season going to happen? Is it going to work? And the thing that I tell them is, I'm pretty sure it's going to start. I don't know it's going to finish. What are your thoughts? I 100% agree with you. I think they are dead set determined to get to September 10th when who do the Chiefs play? The Texans, I don't know who they play. Whoever the Chiefs play in that Thursday night game, uh, that game happens. And then the other 30 teams play uh, that next Sunday and Monday, and, 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 and they get through week one. But you're going to have – this is the safest time of the entire season uh, for NFL teams because, as you mentioned, they're, they're kind of cloistered a little bit. And there's no traveling. Once you get on one of those planes, once you go to other cities, once you have a road environment where, uh, let's, let's be honest, Armando, sometimes players don't always just stick to the hotel lobby, okay? They, they, they leave and they get dinner and they might go get a cocktail somewhere. And, you know, things happen on the road. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, that's when things can get sideways. And not only that, you're putting, instead of, you know, the 53 guys practice against themselves Monday through Friday, on Sunday, they're playing 53 other dudes with other coaches and reps and line judges and, and all kinds of people that they come in contact with that they otherwise wouldn't. And so we've seen there's, there, there will be people who slip through the cracks. No matter how good your testing is, someone's going to test negative today and positive tomorrow. And if you test him today and send him tomorrow and he plays the day after tomorrow, he's going to be infectious when he plays. It's just going to happen. They're going to have cases. So the question I have for you is this. What do you think Goodell's threshold for pain is? Do you think if – this is a terrible hypothetical, but let's say just hypothetically, the Dolphins' offensive line room, it runs through there like wildfire. They all get sick on Friday. Will they play the game on Sunday knowing basically it's an XFL offensive line they're going to put out there? Yeah, absolutely. Why did they get sick? I think – look, um, <laughs> this week – Cordrea Tankersley got cut, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, after coming off of the off, off of the COVID list, mm-hmm. and the reason he was cut had nothing to do with COVID. It had to do with the fact that he never really recovered from that knee injury that he suffered in 2018. You know that he suffered that knee injury in practice on Friday on a week where he was supposed to be the starter and oh. big in the game plan. It happens. It, it, it definitely happens, and I know that you just presented the worst-case scenario where it doesn't just happen to one guy but to five guys. 
Tough noogies. <laughs> you move on. You're you're hiring, uh, you know, Justin Smiley from 2011, and you're hiring back Daniel Kilgore from 2019, and you're bringing in, you know, whoever other schlubs they had playing last year, Jamarcus Webb, and he's playing for you. We've been through that. And you know what? You're responsible as a team for not keeping your players as safe as possible and not and them not having the discipline to say to stay safe as possible that's just the bottom line as far as i'm concerned i'm i'm a black and white guy I, I, you know i i don't feel like the happy technicolors of well i feel sorry for him because he went to the bar i don't feel like that too bad, Ray Maluga. No. <laughs> I think this is back-to-back weeks with a Ray Maluga reference. I know. I did that one on purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well done. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, I you disagree, little, I'm sure. No, I see a little bit more shade of gray with you, but on this, I, I, I largely agree with you. But what happens if it's not your team's fault? What if you play the Patriots in week one and one of their 27 replacement players, because they're going to be a shell of their former selves this year, what if they're the irresponsible one and the testing breaks down? And, 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 and it's no fault of your own. You follow all the guidelines. You don't, even, you don't even leave your room aside from meetings when you're on the road up in Foxborough, and, and yet you, your, your whole line still gets wiped out because of it. There, there are going to be scenarios here where it's not – Totally the fault. The people who get sick aren't the ones to blame. It's such an infectious disease. So, yeah, I agree with you. The other question is this. Is it fair to your rights holders and also your fans to put out a product that you know is terrible? I mean, the idea of the Marlins playing, and I know they won last night, so hats off to them, but the idea of the, of the Marlins playing with the AAA team and not by design, they wanted to have a real baseball team this year, unlike last year when they had a AAA team by design. Um, through no fault of their – well, that was some of their own fault, obviously. But a lot of those guys who got sick, it wasn't their fault. It was their teammates' fault who went out and got them sick. So it's tough. It's, it's, there's, there's no easy answer here. And I think you're going to end up with a lot of bad football. I think the beginning of the season is going to be ugly because there's going to be no real prep for this year. And I think by the time if, – if, if, unless this, 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 this uh, illness gets under control nationally, you're going to see some teams that just get completely wiped out by it. And they're going to lose – they're going to have some absolute lopsided losses. That's going to be a terrible product. Let me share a story with you, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, In 1990, I believe it was 92 or 93, the Miami Dolphins went to Dallas and beat the Dallas Cowboys. And they came out of that Thanksgiving Day snow game with a 9-2 and record. It was the best record in the NFL at that time. And in the next few weeks, they lost cornerback Troy Vincent. They lost another cornerback. They lost safety Lewis Oliver. They lost safety Jarvis uh, Williams. They lost their entire secondary. And they didn't win another game all season long at all. And they finished 9-7 and seven and didn't make the playoffs. And no one said, it's not fair to our rights holders that – you know, our secondary is gone by the wayside. And by the way, also, Dan Marino is not playing because he blew out his Achilles. That's not fair to the rights holders. And our fans, they're really upset. We Let's get a redo. That's just, it, look, COVID is a fact of life. 
It's affecting everyone. It's everywhere. Deal with it or just quit. Wave the red flag or the white flag or whatever flag you want to wave and just quit the season if you want to. I don't think most NFL teams will be going in that direction. No, and, and, and again, you're largely right. I largely agree with you. I do think that it's going to have some awful product at time. And, again, there's a, uh, bad football, in my opinion, is better than no football. And if those are my two options, I'm taking the bad football, not the least of which because we don't get opt-out years and we have to earn a living this year. You, me, Barry, everyone who covers the Dolphins, uh, we really want football to happen for many reasons, not the least of which it's our livelihood. So I, I, I totally get you on that. Um, I, I do think the, I think at some point Goodell might show some leniency. I think what 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 the what the league should have done, they should not have been so bullish on a 16 game season because there's not a single league that's going to start and finish their entire season as planned. The number of games that they wanted to have this year, uh, COVID wiped that out for every league. I think the, uh, the NFL could have uh, they they would have been more proactive if they would have said. Let's pull back from 16. Let's play 14. If we play 14, we can have three buys throughout the course of the season, not just one. We can have three. And that way, if you have your entire starting five offensive line wiped out, you can maybe play one game and then have a buy, or you can postpone and you have plenty of time to make up those games because you have all those buys. I think that would have been a better plan. I think just, just having a little less greed if you're with the NFL and, 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 and showing maybe a little bit more humility in front of this pandemic I think their, their, their likelihood of starting what they planned, which could have been a 14-game season, has a lot higher likelihood with the product being better. The NFL and humility and the, in the same paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is a first in my lifetime. I've never heard that. Totally uh, agree. <laughs> the NFL and I humility. Stand, I stand corrected. <laughs> hey, so uh, we appreciate you joining us this week on the – opt-out edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Um, let's opt out of the next four seconds. What do you say, Beasley? We're opting out of the next four seconds. Let's do it. And we're done. See you next week.